With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 15 of Beyond the Word with Sweet Friend Sean. Today, Sweet Friend Sean will chop it up with Gift the Griot. He is the creator of Pay Us No Mind, and they're talking the power, the revenue, branding, and legacy power of just one poem. So if you just start with one poem and record that, all the possibilities. So they're going to be talking straight talk, no chaser. So just get ready for the show. The host will be coming on soon. So I'm going to put you on hold. So right now, while you're waiting, I want you to check them both out online. Visit www.payusnomind.info, I-N-F-O, and also visit Sweet, S-U-I-T-E, Franchon, F-R-A-N-C-H-O-N dot U-S. So we're here on Internet Radio, so you can up, open up a couple windows while we wait for everyone to come on. And we will um, we'll be right back in about two minutes. Wow. Welcome, everybody. I will apologize for the technical difficulties, and thank you so much for calling in. This is your host, Sweet Friend Sean, and you listen to Master Greer Radio, Beyond the Word with Sweet Friend Sean. We thank you so much for joining us today. We are thankful um, that we are here and was able to work through whatever challenges we were having Uh We were hoping to start the show off with a little bit of music, but we'll come back around to that. Is that all right? We're gonna get we're gonna get right back get right into it in a moment. As soon as I verify with the producer a couple of things. And everybody, you know, we gotta give shout outs and love to our producer, Miss Jacqueline Taylor Adams, who um always comes through for us. No matter what's going on, she gets it done. Um I know she might be a little frustrated right now because we're running a little late, but you've done it, Jackie, and we thank and appreciate you. And make sure, everybody, you continue to follow Master Greer Radio on Blog Talk. Again, I'm your host, Sweet Fran Sean, and today's episode, which I found out is episode 15, we are speaking with artist advocate Giff of Pay Us No Mind. He's going to talk to us about revenue, branding, and a legacy power of one poem, which I'm excited to hear about. If you don't know, you should check him out on YouTube. He has over 7.5 followers, so obviously he has content that people are listening to, and we're grateful that he is here so we can learn to stop leaving money on the table. It's time to inspire as many people as possible and start leaving true legacies. Um, And like I said, we are so excited he's here. Please make sure you go online um, to Blog Talk Radio backslash MBBTA, or you can call in. Our temporary call-in number has changed. It's 516-418-5753. Please share on your Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We appreciate it. Um, I am your host, Lee Franchon, and I am excited, excited, excited to introduce our guest. So with no further ado, we have gifts from Pay Us No Mind. Welcome, welcome, and thank you for your patience. How are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. You guys can hear me? We can hear you well. Yes, we can hear you. All right, all right, all right. So we in business. 
So yes, thanks for we the, are in business. The introduction. <laughs> no, thank you for being here. So before uh, we get into answering, asking questions and getting some of the answers, take a moment and tell the listeners who you are and um, how we can find you and follow you and support you and learn more about you. Uh, so my name is Gift. I go by Gifted Rio, an artist myself uh, and a storyteller. And I also do, you know, marketing and advertising and just uh, just supporting artists from the standpoint of, you know, education, you know, educating them on um, royalty collection and just how some of these platforms work and how they are being exploited to some extent, you know, and uh, just and from the analytical perspective and teaching them things in regards of how to uh, process their data and how to read their data and how to make decisions, you know, based on stuff that's actually happening with their content, you know, and, and take the guesswork out of it, you know, and kind of focus on the stuff that matters, you know. Um, outside of that, man, uh, people can find me on uh, YouTube. It's... Uh, YouTube.com slash pay us no mind. You know, or you could just Google pay us no or, or YouTube search pay us no mind on YouTube. Uh, you can hit me up at, at pay us no mind on Twitter or at pay us no at real underscore pay us no mind on Instagram. So those are the places you could contact me at. Awesome. Listen, you said a whole lot in a couple of seconds. So I want to touch base on some of those things. Let's first talk about, you talked about um, artists being taken advantage of and that you've been creating content to assist artists um, in being able to, A, understand um, and understanding the, the, the business of royalties, how to collect, how to use your art, monetize your art. Um, so let's expand upon, expand upon that, if you don't mind. Tell me more, like I saw a couple of your um, YouTube videos, you know, just basic stuff about the difference between BMI and ASCAP. So can you talk to us more about PROs and um, what, whatever general message you want to give to the public about not being, especially our artists that are listening, um, about not being taken advantage of? Tell me more about what you mean with that. Yeah, so basically, you know, there's strength in numbers, and this is why um, artists being educated is so vital because until you have numbers, you can't really influence or impact any of these entities that collect money on artists' behalf to change. You know, they're going to keep operating the way they're going to keep operating. So it's like right now at this point, you know, the only way for artists to kind of collect the royalties that they owe for the public performance of their work, you know, as songwriters or as writers you know, is to go through ASCAP to collect that money for you when your work is performed. But ASCAP, mm. they just don't pay you uh, based on the performance of your work. They pay you based on, like, this convoluted system, you know, where they can almost filter out people who aren't making a lot of money for them. So the way that the ASCAP system works is they they basically – calculate payments based on market share, and they designate a certain amount of listening hours, a certain amount of time that they spend listening to radio stations based on market share, where the radio stations that generate the highest percentage of revenue, the ASCAP, get all of the listening hours. So maybe only the top, maybe only the top 100 stations are being listened to, you know, at any given royalty cycle. And mm-hmm. even though they're only listening to 100 stations, they take money from all of the stations. Any station that plays music, ASCAP gets money from them on a monthly basis. So as a spoken word artist or as a, art, a, a musician or anything, you could have a song getting played like crazy on college radio. But if that college mm-hmm. radio station isn't responsible for a high percentage of ASCAP's revenue, they won't listen to what songs are being played on that station. So even though you're supposed to be earning royalties for your, your mm. plays on that station, ASCAP is, would effectively be taking the money from that station and giving it to big artists like Jay-Z and Beyonce that are on ASCAP and not paying you. you know, so they, so they, what is an independent in artist supposed to do? What is an independent 
how does an independent artist make money then? What are we? What are they supposed to do? They thought they doing the right thing by making sure that they were a member of ASCAP or BMI, and then they noticed that they're not getting any royalties. But in order to even be on some internet radio shows, they have to be a member of one of those organizations or both. So tell me, what is an independent artist supposed to do then? I mean, right now, like I said, you got to educate other artists because the only way you're going to influence change is if there's like a groundswell of people complaining and there's not enough people complaining. You know, there's me and there's maybe like a couple of other people, but for the most part, people have kind of been beaten into submission, you know, and this, this isn't just in regards to music. This is in society in general. This is a, I was going to say that that's a statement that is, that has more than to do with music. It's, it's just beaten into submission is uh, operative word for the state of affairs for people of color specifically and people um cultural uh, you know specific cultures specifically right now so yeah go ahead i'm sorry you just got me yeah, all wild right. up when you said that yeah it's like people basically have have accepted defeat you know they've accepted that this is the way that it is you know and there's nothing that they can do about it and for the most part you know it's already tough getting artists to even care about royalties in general because for the most part, you know, people, they know money in their hand. You know, they know hand-to-hand. They know I Mm -hmm. sell somebody a CD, they give me $10 in my hand. They know I do a show, somebody give me $100 or however much to perform. You know, when it comes to royalties and all of this percentages and, 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 and pennies and all of that other stuff, that's not something that they're too familiar with. So when, mm-hmm. when you're even trying to explain what's going on, they don't really understand it to the extent that they need to to even be mad about it. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going over like math, like it's kind of like explaining like calculus to somebody sometimes, you know, because it's kind of, they're looking at it, they're like, all right, all right, well, uh, I don't even know how that works, so forget that, you know, like I'm trying to get get a deal. You know, they, they might want to mm-hmm. try to get a record deal or something like that because they don't know how these royalties work. And these institutions, they make it a convoluted process on purpose. So when you go mm-hmm. and you look at it, you're kind of like, like, oh, all these numbers, all these calculations, like, ah, forget this, let me move on. And artists don't understand that there's a reason why when people negotiate contracts that these record companies will fight you tooth and nail over pennies. You know, the mm-hmm. artists kind of chuck it and be like, well, these are just pennies. But these record companies will fight you for, for these pennies. Because pennies you know? big dollars. Yep. And if they yeah, got man. enough, if they got enough pennies, they making dollars. That's just how it goes. Making dollars, they making millions. Because at the end That's of the right. day, the royalties are what what sustains an artist's career. So it's like years mm-hmm. and years after you're you falling out of favor, and you're not mm-hmm. on radio and you're not on TV, you're gonna make your money from for your music getting placed in commercials from radio spins on, you know, um, old, old like how you got like uh, Kiss FM that be playing the old mm-hmm. songs and stuff like that, you know, people using your music for different things in TV shows and people p- putting your, um, your song lyrics on T-shirts and stuff like, you know, all of those things require performance royalties, you know, and exactly. public royalties for, for the use of your work publicly. So it's like right. when it comes down to those rights, you know, you're going to make a lot of money off of that stuff, you know, down the line. Okay. And that's why they bite you tooth and nail for it. And But, I mean, the, it's really detrimental the way that ASCAP does things with the radio, not just because cause it's like not a lot of artists can get on radio to begin with. But with, right. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 where it messes things up is the fact that ASCAP basically utilizes the way that they track plays on royalties and apply that to everything. So, like, ASCAP is supposed to pay artists when they perform at live venues. Like, if you perform at your local cafe or bar, you're supposed to get royalties for that performance. You are. Yeah. Yeah, you can go home and, 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 and write down that you performed at that place, right? But the way that ASCAP calculates payment for those performances and even calculate payment that they send out to artists for music played at bars and stuff, isn't based on what the bar or the club or the venue actually plays or who actually performs there. It's based on radio plays. So whoever mm-hmm. is getting played the most on radio is whoever they spend all of the money they collect from the bars and the, and the clubs and all of that. That's whoever gets that money, you know? So it's like they, they have, like, a lot of different ways 
you know, to basically take money from the poor and give to the rich, you know. Well, we, well that ain't new either. So we're going to stick to music, though, right now. <laughs> we're going to stick to poetry and music and things of that nature. So that's a lot of knowledge in a little couple of minutes. We've only been on air for 15 minutes. So as you know, our artist advocate gift of Pay Us No Mind is busting it up with us tonight. I'm your host, Sweet Franchana. You're listening to Beyond the Word right here on Master Grid Radio. Listen, I already know <laughs> that I have I have a slew of questions, but he's touching base on a few things. You know, we all want to live our passion. We want to do what we love. And a lot of people um, have a tendency to believe that as artists that you can't make money, okay? Well, you can. There's a lot of different ways. We've talked about the business of spoken word and opportunities um, as independent artists specifically um, throughout all of our episodes. But today we're going to dig in even more with our artist advocate gift of Pay Us No Mind because he's talking about and breaking down some things about how ASCAP works for us and BMI and, in fact, that it really doesn't um, and why it doesn't, which is the, the the most important piece. Most of us don't know the why. What's the reason behind it? How is it that... I'm a member of these associations, and I'm supposed to be getting paid, and I'm not. And what does that look like, and why is that happening? So he just touched base on a lot of that. But also, you're going to find, follow him on YouTube, because I'm telling you, he has a wealth of content. And I was able to find some things that I found very, very valuable. But most importantly, based on some of the things that we have shared here on Master Grid Radio, I want you to talk about... Um, you you have a, a video that I found. It was only three minutes long. One was three minutes. One was like fifteen. What twenty minutes worth of knowledge? But you talked about everything you need to know to make money on SoundCloud. So many people are on SoundCloud, but I don't know that they're making money via SoundCloud. So can you give us a couple quick pointers? And then um, again, if they want all the detail, they can check out your video on. Um, on YouTube, and let me tell you guys, he's gotten over forty thousand views on this, on both of these videos. So obviously, he has a lot of knowledge. So I want you to make sure that if you know, replay this, save this, listen to it a couple times, follow him, but specifically make sure you check him out on YouTube so that you can continue to grow and educate yourself. All right. So Gif, what do you have to say about how to make money on SoundCloud? We talked about um, ASCAP and BMI. So tell us a little bit about SoundCloud, please. All right, so SoundCloud, there's two ways to make money on SoundCloud. One is you have to be invited. They have a Premier Pro uh, program that they invite you to, and you basically have to have a lot of streams on their platform. And if you have, like, hundreds of thousands of streams, they'll invite you to the Premier Pro program. But another way is to join uh, a third-party platform, like Repost Network. Um, I know Symphonic is a digital distributor, and they also do SoundCloud monetization. So you can either uh, distribute a project through Symphonic and monetize your music on SoundCloud through them, or you can go to Repost Network and monetize your music through Repost. Now, Repost Network has a requirement that each track on your SoundCloud page has to have at least 8,000 streams. You know, so if your if your tracks don't have at least eight thousand streams, you can't monetize on Repost Network. Now, I know uh, there's one more. There's another company that allows you to monetize on SoundCloud. Uh, their name escapes me right now, but they're, they they're, get the full detail on your videos, on yeah, your videos can, on can, YouTube, yeah, right? They can check. They can check the video on YouTube and find out what the name of that third company is. But yeah, but it, that's still it, a it, lot because most people don't know that. Most people think, most independent artists I speak with, they think they can just post their stuff on SoundCloud and they're good. And it, they, so mean, their work is just sitting there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a lot of money to be made unless you're getting, like, a lot of streams because they're paying you, like, fractions of a penny, you know, and it adds up if you're getting, like, millions of streams or hundreds of thousands of streams, but if you get under a certain amount, you know, you're not really going to make money anyway. I mean, platforms like SoundCloud and YouTube are more so awareness-building platforms. They're platforms that you go to to expose yourself to an audience and build mm-hmm. relationships with an audience and then try to get those people 
to do things that you make more money from, you know, whether it be selling merchandise, whether it be doing shows, whether it be, you know, getting them to buy your music or streaming on another platform where you make more money, you know. Now, Mm -hmm. SoundCloud in particular, you know, it's a platform that everybody uses because it's free, you know, and it's open, but it's not a platform that I would encourage people to use because they have certain practices, you know, that just basically makes it like a, a vacuum where it's hard to get people off of their platform, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. has changed on their platform because they, they, they basically are trying to become like another Spotify, you know, they're trying to become mm-hmm. a streaming platform and get people to pay a monthly fee to use the platform. So mm-hmm. it's not, as, like, uh, friendly or artist-friendly as it once was, you know. Mm-hmm. They have uh, basically a lot of these different platforms, you know, record companies take equity in them, have a responsibility mm-hmm. to pay these record companies a percentage of their revenue and make sure that they pay the rep- the artists that are signed to the record companies that own a percentage of their company. So the systems that they set in place also, again, kind of similar to, like, the ASCAP thing where they're, they basically try to find ways to not pay people. So mm-hmm. with this is why they have, like, the Premier Pro program. Because technically they shouldn't be able to do it. It's illegal. They should, be, they should have to pay every artist that has music on their, pay, their platform mechanical royalties. Right. But they don't, right. you know. They make it so artists got to get invited. Because at the end of the day, you got to look at it like a pie, right? And if you have mm-hmm. a pie and you have eight slices on the pie and you have eight people, everybody gets one slice. If you have 16 people, then you got to start cutting them slices in half, you know. Mm-hmm. The more people you add to, to that got to get a piece of that pie, the more slices that pie got to get cut into, which if a record company is, like, taking equity in a company and they have artists, they don't want their they artists getting a, slight, a, a tiny piece of that pie. They want their artists getting a major piece of that pie because they mm-hmm. feel like their artists are major artists. So Spotify, um, SoundCloud has to find ways to eliminate people from getting a slice of the pie, which they do by restricting it to only people that they invite, you know. And then to prevent artists from basically profiting off of their music themselves by taking people off of their platform, they do things like hide your violence on mobile devices. So when somebody listens to a Spotify track on a mobile device, they don't see the description box, nor do they see, like, your buy links or anything like that. So they don't see any way to leave SoundCloud to your song and how they can add it to their Spotify playlist, not Spotify, but to their SoundCloud playlist and stuff like that. So SoundCloud, even though there's a way that you can monetize your music on the platform, it's not a platform that you would want to use for that purpose. You know, you would definitely want to try to either uh, build a fan base on something like Spotify or use something like YouTube, you know, because those platforms are just better for you being able to monetize your music and also better for you building a fan base and being able to take that fan fan base someplace else, you know, and do other things with them. That's awesome. That's great information. We're going to ask, I'm going to ask you one more question, then we're going to take a break for some music. I just, I want to, I hope that those are listening, that you are digesting this because he's so knowledgeable Giff is so knowledgeable that he's just dropping all kinds of jewels in there. And if he's 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 passionate obviously about what he's sharing. He's sharing it. He's told you a lot about multiple platforms in a less than thirty minutes. And so there's platforms for monetization. He's told you what the downfalls are, but hopefully before we end we always like to end on a high note. We want to talk about, yes, how you can actually make money or or maybe this isn't about that you can make money. Maybe it's about dealing with the reality that you this is not how you're going to make money. As he mentioned, you're going to use these platforms to build your audience, to engage with your audience, and there's going to be other things. You might not make the money actually through your music or through your poetry or whatever. Um, you might have to build that so that you can sell merchandise so that you have you know you can all you become a subject matter expert in, a, in an area like he has possibly and there's all other op- all kinds of other opportunities and we might be have an opportunity to talk about that now early on when you first came on Giff, you talked about um you know it's about numbers it's about the digital distribution and the data can you expound upon that because i thought that was amazing cuz most people don't either know 
how to are not capturing their data or don't know how to interpret the data, or they think they do, but they really don't know how to use that to maximize it for their benefit. Can you talk about that for a couple of minutes before we go to break? Yeah. I mean, there's just tons of data that go on when people interact with anything online, and everything is tracked. And if you set your systems up the right way, you can gain access to all of that data too. So it's like anytime somebody visits the website, you know, it's tracked. They know that that person visited the website. They know everywhere that person goes on the site, what videos they watch, how long they watch it, you know, whether they subscribe, whether they like, whether they share, you know, uh, where that person goes when they leave that site, you know, uh, what that person tends to buy, type of content that person tends to favor. There's just a ton of data, you know, that these platforms, and some of them give you access to it and some of them don't. But YouTube does, and uh, SoundCloud gives you access to some data, you know, like telling you how, how, uh, what songs people listen to and how often they listen to the song and what, what, what country they're located in and stuff like that. And that type of information you can utilize to plan tours and things of that nature, you know, and also to identify what type of target audience you have, you know, what age, gender, and location and interest your audience has. You know, now in order to gain access to all of it, you got to have things like a Google Analytics account set up, you know, which is a uh, um, uh, 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 tracking uh, code that you would install on your website if you have a website or you would just use like your, your Google Analytics ID, you know, to install on your YouTube page or, or whatever other platform you're using, you know, to track some data. You know, you could also advertise because there's, there's a lot of information that they won't tell you unless you advertise, which is kind of mm-hmm. like to give you incentive to advertise because mm-hmm. it's like as an artist, you know, uh, it's not just a matter of knowing who's consuming your content because it's like, it's kind of like standing outside and handing out free samples. You know, everybody will stop and get something for free. You know, everybody will stop and, and taste it. You know, what's important is knowing who likes it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to be able to identify who likes it. Like, like how, many, how many times does one person listen to your song, you know, to, or, 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 or listen to your spoken word piece? So you're going to want to know, you know, whether on average one person listens two times, three times, or once. So if you have mm-hmm. a thousand plays and it's from a thousand people, then it's like uh, that's not so good because they're not willing to listen to it more than once. People listen to it one mm-hmm. time and that's all they did. But if you have a, a song that's getting listened to three times per person, then you know you're on to something because they're listening to it repeatedly. You know, if you know that somebody who listens to your song tends to like it, you know, like press the like button or they subscribe to your channel or they playlist the song and they take those types of actions, then you know that that person is your target audience. And that's stuff that YouTube doesn't tell you for free. You know, they won't give you that information. You only right, get they that won't give you that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you only get that information if you advertise. If you run YouTube ads, then you can see, like, who the people are that subscribe and playlist and stuff like that. If you don't advertise, all YouTube will tell you is who is most likely to watch your video. Because they right, make money right. from people watching your video. You make money right. from people being fans of your video. You know, exactly. so it's complicated. So did y'all hear that? That was a good jewel. You, they make money when? People watch your videos. And you make money when? People like your videos. Okay, there you go. So that was it. That's a good. We're gonna segue into some music for on that one because that's. I need everybody to bite on that. Chew on that a little bit. Why don't you? You're listening to Master Grid Radio. This is Beyond Spoken Word with Sweet Fran Sean. I am your host this evening, sponsored by the lovely Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and our guest who is phenomenal. I really appreciate your wealth of knowledge and glad you're here. We have gift of pay us no mind. We're gonna take a break a moment um, to listen to some couple of tracks. One by yours truly, Sweet Friend Shine and a Million the Poet, and one by our special guest, artist advocate Gift of Pay Us No Mind. So stand by, we'll be right back.
Okay, well, it's been one of those days. It looks like we're still having technical difficulties. So, when I was 11 years old, my mother did oh, something. There it is. She bought me the entire collection of Encyclopedia Britannica, which was like the Google of its time. And for hours, I sit and read through those books. You know, and at the time, I was a big Greek mythology fan. So I sit and I read about Zeus and Hera and the trials of Hercules and Perseus and Odysseus. You know, like I was I was a real big fan of the movie Clash of the Titans. You know, like I I, I, I love the movie Odyssey. You know, I love the, the, the TV series Hercules that came out with Kevin Sorbo, you know. And what I can say those books instilled in me was just a desire to know shit, you know. Like, I just wanted to know as much stuff as possible, you know. And I just love learning. And it was just unfortunate that that love of learning didn't transfer over to school. I hated school, man. And every school year started off the same, you know. I, I start off with intentions to do my best. And in the beginning, I do good. We read a chapter do the reviews and the exercises, take the practice tests. But somewhere along the line, things will become a mess. The teacher will be like, we're behind. We start skipping chapters. He start looking stressed. And it was usually around the time we had to take the standardized test. So I'd struggle with the work, need help, come home and ask my mother. And she'd be like, it's been a long time since I was in school. That work done changed so much. Why don't you ask your brother? Just ask your brother. So I'd march over to him with my school book. Hey, and he'd do shit like squeeze hey, his nuts through his clenched fist and be like, Hey, Sean, look. <laughs> See, to him, it wasn't important that he taught me how to do math or how to read and write. He taught me not to be a punk. So hit him he back, taught me man. how to fight. Hit him back. He taught me how to dress and to keep my gear tight. He taught me how to dance and a party through the night. He taught me how to talk to girls. Taught me not to be a hater. Showed me the 30 gate pistol he had stashed in the radiator. The crack under the mattress my mother washed down the sink. He gave me my first blunt, my first beer to drink. See, my brother was what some people would call, and because he was bad, people wanted to save him. When he was in the choir, our pastor, Pastor Eastman, wanted to save him. His basketball coaches wanted to save him. Good Samaritans in the neighborhood that just saw him going the wrong way wanted to put him under the wing and save him. When he was 16, he got his girlfriend pregnant and was in danger of getting kicked out of school. And my mother and my sister banded together, you know, to make sure that he stayed in school and push him through and make sure he graduated. And he did. He graduated, man. Me, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a quiet kid that kept to myself. You know, I wasn't into sports. You know, I wasn't athletic. You know, I wasn't in the choir or anything like that. I wasn't in the streets wilding out. You know, and I had what I referred to as, oh, that's nice talents. You know, in the hood, if you could do things like sing or play basketball, you know, people look at you and see dollar signs, the C's part. You know, they can't do enough for you. You know, people look at me and they say, oh, you, you write stories? That's nice. That's nice you write stories. Keep it up. You could draw? Oh, that's nice. That's nice you draw. Keep it up. And by nature of what I did, everybody automatically assumed that I was a good kid. You know, so they say, oh, he's just some oddball that sits in a house and writes stories. There's nothing to be concerned about. And I got into trouble, but not enough trouble the way I'd be deemed a bad kid and need to be saved. And I did okay, but not good enough the way I'd be deemed this, this great kid that need to be praised. So I was just kind of like left alone and slipped through the cracks. And back in them days, the public school system felt like it was counterproductive to separate you from your peer group. So even if you failed, they wouldn't leave you back. So I failed and I got ushered from grade to grade when I didn't know Jack still counting on my fingers to add and subtract. And in high school, I found myself feeling like I was in quicksand because the new work was based on the old work that I didn't understand. So rather than sit in class feeling like a fool, I'd smoke weed on the steps across the street from the school. Inevitably, I became a high school dropout. So crack, 
called a case and copped out. And all my mother wanted me to do was finish school, get a good job, and get the hell out of the house. Seems simple. I wish it was.
Hey, Miss Lady, be easy. Come flow with me, don't tease me. Just want you to please me. No, don't think you sleazy. Once you bring your breezy, we can have a ball. Put us down to the nightfall. Come, come, come on, come on. We said you feeling my flow. I'm feeling you from head to toe. So once you come and blow, me and sweet kiss don't know. What you thought I was talking nasty? Cause my voice got raspy. Just don't want you assy. So my tongue, it comes in handy. Want to bet a bet. Want to bet you make you wet. To the point you will forget. When you mark, you mark it, set go. Relax your mind, but let your conscience flow. I get how you get low. If you don't know now, you know. Oh, flow with me, flow with me, flow with me, girl. Dance with me, dance with me, dance in my world. Flow with me, flow with me, flow with me, girl. Come, 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 flow. Come, 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 flow, huh? We just got finished listening to Bad Enough to Be Saved by Gif the Griot and Dance With Me by Amelia the Poet and our own sweet friend Sean. As our Thank host you so week. much. Yes. I am here. Girl, we've had one challenge after another tonight, but it's all good. I am, you know, I was just saying, um, unfortunately, I had us on mute because I didn't want any background noise. Um I was just saying that, you know, good choice, Jackie, on uh, getting Gift to come on board and share with us today. He is sharing such a wealth of knowledge, don't you think? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think he's he's really great. I'm sorry I have myself yeah. muted to just to keep the background noise out. <laughs> It's the way it is. So we, you know, we worked it out today. It's all in fun and it's all in education. And um, pay us no, pay us no mind. Please make sure you um subscribe to his YouTube, um, and get your notifications on because he's always dropping awesome content. And we are down on the stretch. We have um little about fifteen minutes left before we end our segment today. So. I want to make sure I bring him back on. Um, as Jacqueline said, um, you know, he's a spoken word artist. He's an artist advocate. He is also using advocating and teaching um, artists about, specifically poets, about building success, what does that look like, how to monetize these various platforms, how to use um how to use and understand your data and digital distribution. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I want to share. You know, we talked we talked about SoundCloud earlier. Why or why not you would want to choose that as a platform. Um one thing we didn't talk about specifically and I know I wanna I want you to talk about it if you would give a little bit. Now we you know, like I said, YouTube we talked about that a little bit. We talked about SoundCloud, we talked about the importance of data but I noticed that everybody believes they should go straight to CD Baby. And I know for me, I was on multiple platforms, and I don't find any of them. I haven't been able to find the one that helps me engage the way I want to with my audience and grow, except for, in, like, Instagram has been my greatest gift. Um, it seems the where, where I'm able to find my tribe and I'm able to engage and get people to like and use and go to the website and, and build an interest. For me, it's been Instagram. Reverb Nation personally hasn't worked for me. Um, I'm, of course, on CD Baby because I have um, a couple of digital um, products out. SoundCloud, you know, I have a few things sitting there, but I don't use it to its fullest capacity, I'm sure. So, um, tell us about um, digital music distribution, such as one of the most popular ones that everybody seems to use, is CD Baby or Reverb Nation. Tell us why that would be, you know, what's the comparison or what? Why would what's the pros and cons of either one of those, if not both? I mean, it all depends on what your objective is. You know, CD Baby is a digital distributor. 
So their job is pretty much just to get your music into digital music stores like iTunes and 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 Amazon and stuff like that. And once they get your music in the stores, you on your own. So their job is to get your music in the stores and process the payments and pay you when they get paid, you know, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much their job, you know. And outside of that, you know, you want to maybe have access to data in regards to customer data like uh what people are buying and what people are streaming and things of that nature, but that's what they do. Reverb Nation is they have a distribution arm, like they do digital distribution too, but they're more so kind of like what MySpace used to be, you know, where artists can go there and upload music and send fans there to listen to their music and stuff like that. You know, they're just not very good at it. You know, instead of having, like, actual fans that go there, they just have other artists that use the platform, too, and all of the artists on the platform just pretty much spam each other. So it's not a good platform to use because there's no fans there, you know, so they're they're not good. Um, Now, if you are looking for a platform to promote yourself, then it all depends on your personal networks and what it is you're doing, you know, so you have what's called search engine optimization, right, SEO. And that is basically terms that people are searching for. Like, let's say if I want to find a Whitney Houston song, I go to Google and I type in, like, let's say I want to find a bodyguard. I go to Twitter on Google and I type in Whitney Houston bodyguard. And then all of the results will come up with movie, the movie, uh, any songs with that title, any videos that got that song t- that title in the name would come up as a result. So if you have content that works for search engines, then you would utilize something like YouTube, you know, because if you do, let's say, a reaction video where you're talking about the bodyguard, or let's say you cover a popular song, like you take an old song, like a Frank Sinatra song or a Billie Holiday song or even a Tony Braxton song that everybody knows, and they might, might be searching for on YouTube to find the original version and you cover it, then people will find your version when they're looking for the original version and you get a lot of attention like that. Now, if you're not doing something that translates well to search engines and people searching for stuff, like you're creating completely original content, you know, that doesn't have a built-in audience like the search engine optimization stuff does, then you're kind of dependent on your personal network. You're dependent on friends and family and pre-existing fans that you have if you have fans. So that's when social media comes in play, things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, when you are relying on your personal network. Because then you can just see your network and let them broadcast it out, you know, where if your friends see it or your family members or whatever fans you have, they see it, they like it, they share it, and then their friends see it and, you know, so on and so forth. So each of those platforms have their different advantages and disadvantages. It all just depends on, you know, what do you have going for you, you know, and what, what's, what's going to work for you, you know, whether you are search engine optimizing things or whether you are somebody who's creating com- completely original content and you have that personal network to plug your content into. Now, if you create an original content and you don't have a network to plug that content into, then you kind of got to advertise. You kind of got to move to promoting your stuff you know, through advertising because you don't have the audience and you're not doing stuff that people are going to find on their own. So you got to get it out there somehow, you know, and advertising is like a perfect way for you to build awareness. You know, a lot of times artists don't have that personal network to plug their content into and they're creating original content that people aren't going to just stumble upon, you know, and rather than recognizing the fact that they got to spend money and advertise, you know, they get frustrated, you know, and then they start lashing out at their personal network and be like, y'all don't support me. People don't mm-hmm. support me. They don't mm-hmm. uh, comment on my content. And it's like that's something that you never want to do because all you do is turn people off even more, you know, so you right. never want to resort to that. You don't want to resort to spamming people and sending people messages that they didn't ask to send, you know, tagging people and right. stuff that – that they're not in, you know, you don't want to resort to those methods. So, you know, advertising is a better option. Promoted posts on Facebook, promoted tweets, you know, promoted Instagram posts, and, you know, do that type of stuff and find your audience. Find the people who are going to like it and build with those folks. Right, absolutely. Awesome. That, that's So, okay, 
So, some takeaways, some takeaways for the day, generally speaking. Give me, if you would, you know, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to ask you a question, give me like a short answer. So, tell me, what is your favorite, what is your, no, tell me, what is the one most important thing that you think um, artists should know, specifically poets, when it comes to monetizing, uh, monetizing their craft, their art? How publishing works. Mhm. Yeah. How you heard that, everybody? How publishing works. That seems to be how publishing works. Always comes up. Period. Point blank. How publishing works. That is always the most important thing you can do as an artist, as a writer, as a creator um, of anything spoken word. That or or you know musically as well. So um, that's a good answer. Thank you, gift. Thank you. I like that. Um, what's another question I have for you? Oh, I know. So, what do you find outside of publishing? What is the one thing that everyone seems how everyone seems to leave more the most money on the table? What well, people leave the most money on the table? Mm-hmm. I would say, and sales. You know, like uh, actual music sales. And they end up leaving money on the ta- on the table a lot of times by being greedy, you know. Where and this is uh, something that's particular to certain types of artists, to you know, not everybody, but a lot of artists. Because a lot of times, artists kind of look at it and say, okay, well, where do my where am I going to make the most money? And direct sales, you're going to make selling your music direct through CD Baby or selling your music direct on a platform like Bandcamp, you know. But People don't like to buy music like that. You know, people, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when it comes to sales, it's convenience and affordability. Those are the primary things that drive what people buy. So it's like Mm -hmm. iTunes and Amazon is convenient. They already have the credit card information. There's one-click buying. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, people have iPhones and they have iTunes. And when they buy it, it goes right to their iTunes library. So they don't have to drag and drop and import. They don't have to do any of that stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. incredibly convenient. So if people are going to buy it, they're more likely to buy from Amazon or iTunes or whatever platform that they want to use, you know, and a lot of times artists lose money by trying to force people to buy from them in some place where they make the most money from, you know, because rather mm-hmm. than getting something, they end up getting nothing because people will be like, oh, you sell your music on Bandcamp? Well, I don't like to use Bandcamp. And it's like, oh, right. I can't get it on iTunes? Well, forget it, you know, move along, you know. So, yeah, that's a lot of times where artists leave the most money on the table. Okay, good, good, good stuff. So one thing that we talked about early on in your intro that you would talk about, revenue, branding, and this quote-unquote legacy power of one poem. What does that mean? You said legacy power of one poem? Mm-hmm. I mean... What does that mean you to look, you? Uh, I mean, an artist's legacy is through the things that they leave behind, their content, right? So it's like... Mm-hmm. All it takes is one poem that's like a powerful piece. If you look at speeches from, from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech to, you know, uh, Malcolm X, The Ballad or the Bullet, to uh, Langston Hughes' pieces, to all of these different poets, and, and, and they all have their signature piece. And that signature piece, you know, people end up printing stuff from it and putting it on T-shirts. People ended up end up making movies. From out, of, out of lines from those poems, you know, they end up doing a lot of different things that not only impact society, you know, from a standpoint of inspiring people and from a standpoint of, uh, 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 sometimes changing certain social, uh, situations while motivating people to think differently, you know, mm-hmm. they also make money too, you know, in regards of just like the value of the content, you know, where people will pay you know, for poetry books and, 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 and pay for different content built around, you know, the stuff that artists create. So when I think of the artists and their legacy and their content and stuff, that's what that's that kind of what that translates to me. Okay, awesome. And I agree. I think and I think artists should also recognize if they have that poem that seems to resonate or that song that seems to resonate with folk you know, we tend as artists to want to move on to the next thing. We we want we we creators, so we want to keep going. When when but when our fans and those people who have supported us and spend money to see us or buy our stuff, 
if that's the form that they like and that's what resonates to them, don't, don't, you know, try not to tire yourself and get bored with that one poem because that one poem could be that that powerful legacy that you're leaving, not just on the people that you're touching immediately, but, you know, you never know uh, once you actually leave this physical plane. I think that's um, important that we keep in mind. We get tired of it and we want to go on to the next poem, but, you know, if... You know, if my one of my poems, the morning rituals, if it's the most requested and it's what people have come to hear, then it's my duty and responsibility to let them hear it, you know. So we got to make sure that we, we keep that in mind and that that one poem, like you said, could be your legacy, could be the legacy that you're leaving behind. All right. right give them so, got to give them the hit. Got to give them the hit. You got to give them the hit. I know artists who get mad when they got to do, you know, give them the hit. They're like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, people start walking out to shows or they not buying that that next that next CD, that book or whatever. Hey, you got to give them what give the people what they want too. You know. You notice if you look at it, you notice all of the artists that 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 don't like performing their hits. Like years out down the line when they can't make no money, they start rethinking that. They come back out that, and they be like, you know, it's not so bad. <laughs> You know, and that's I, I doing those songs. Yeah, they start doing those songs again. <laughs> they start doing those songs again. That's why the '90s is having such a resurgence because they doing them songs and they 50 yeah. years old. They doing them songs. Let me tell you, because you know we we still want to hear it. We we listen to your new stuff, but we want to hear what we know and what we grew up on or whatever the case may be. Um, friend of mine, shout out to Kumo D. He'll never get tired. <laughs> he said he's been living off those same hits for 30 years. He'll never get tired. You know what I mean? He just finds different creative ways to to mix them up in his performance. You know, that's it. That's all. And he'd be the first to tell you. You know, one time I said, well, you know, you know, somebody said something. He said, have you seen me make another record in 20 years? I'm good, though. <laughs> you know? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I still get calls. I'm good. You know, um, so we got to keep that in mind. Not just from the performance side, but, you know, a good thing for him, he has publishing rights. He produced a lot of stuff. So he's been able to eat off of what he did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, and still continue to, you know, do what he does and do what he loves. So that in mind. All right, we are rounding it out, and we only have a couple of minutes left. we got about nine. Two minutes left, so we want to always close it out. Let me remind everybody that, um, you know, you can always catch the replay of any of the, any of our shows um, of Beyond the Word with Sweet, Sweet Franchine on, on YouTube, on, I'm sorry, no, I don't share them on YouTube yet because I don't video. On Twitter, you can also get links on Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, of course, joining my, going to on my website, peaceofpoetry.us or sweet, S-U-I-T-E, Franchon, F-R-A-N-C-H-O-N, dot U-S. I always forget to plug myself. And if you would like to be continue with us, we also have another show, Soul Opera Radio and Soul Opera TV, and then Soul Opera Live, which is March 15th um, at World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. It is my birthday month. It's called Bring Me Flowers. And you know we're going to go in because for some reason – Everybody comes to the Mars show. We have so many people performing. So it's a lot going on the calendar. Keep up with us, like I said, on sweetfranchine.us or peacefulpoetry.us or right here on Master Grid Radio, produced by the lovely Jacqueline Taylor Adams. And, you know, I just appreciate you guys for, you know, um, pushing me to continue to grow and share with you the various platforms. And I'm just grateful for um, that you allow me to live my passion and you share and encourage me to to continue to share everything I am and know when it comes to the growth and evolution of spoken word and being a poet and being respected as an artist and a poet. So I appreciate you much. But we're about to close out and I'm gonna ask our special guest guest gift of pay us no mind, um to give us any last minute words and remind people of how they can reach out to you. And just, you know, close it out for me. Say goodbye to the people as only you know how. Hey, man. I mean, artists out there, just keep grinding. Keep performing your work. You know, uh, don't get discouraged, you know, if things don't look like they're taking off because you never know how people are responding to your work in the shadows, you know. 
Uh, everybody is not on social media. Everybody is, you know, not going to hit you up on Twitter and Instagram and tell you that you're amazing, but that don't mean that people aren't in their house rocking out to it, you know, and that they're not impacted by it and that they're not being moved by it, you know. So I would say that, you know, if anybody, you know, ever want to reach me, you know, again, you know, you can hit me up at, at real underscore PaySnoMan on Instagram or at PaySnoMan on Twitter. Or if you want to email me, it's payusnoman at gmail.com. You know, I got the YouTube channel, Pay Us No Mind, you know, youtube.com slash payusnoman that you could go to uh, get more information and stuff like that, man. So that's pretty much all I got to say, man. Much love to everybody. All right, peace and love. Then this is Sweet Friend Sean. We thank you again for joining us. Make sure you listen to the rebroadcast if you miss anything. Lots of jewels in this segment. And shout out again one more time to the woman who made it all possible for us tonight, Miss Jacqueline Taylor Adams. And we are out of here. We'll see you next month. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.